my clients leave, Sandy's clients arrive, and I know them all so well. Like they've been through my life journey with me. They've seen my child be born, they've met my dog, they know a lot about my family. They've been through some of the hardest times in my life. Um, so that's everything varies it. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to improve our mental, physical, spiritual and emotional well-being. Whether it's a dopamine hit on reaching a career goal, a rush of oxytocin from spending time with loved ones, a surge of serotonin from practicing self-care or a fitness class that send endorphins soaring, Everyone's definition of what makes us feel good is very different. My next guest is Anya Lahiri, one of London's most popular instructors and master trainer at Barry's Bootcamp. She's been helping us through tough times with her positive attitude and endorphin-charged motivational workouts. Let's see how she gets her happy hormones firing. But yeah, so you, you've been pretty busy during lockdown, haven't you? I mean, I'd go as far as saying you're the queen of lockdown with your early morning workouts, keeping everyone super motivated and happy. You must be quite rewarding, though, seeing like, is it like 1,500 people you, you get logging in every morning? It's quite a lot. Oh, yeah. I love, I love that name, the queen of lockdown. I'm not quite sure it's being the queen of lockdown. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of blown my mind a bit, really. Um, it's the last however many weeks. So how long have we been locked down now, is it? are we in our sixth week now it feels week, like. yeah so we'll be on seven because we closed a week ahead of lockdown yeah. um we had no idea what the world was going to look like for us um and it was literally a 24-hour turnaround from being a an active studio that had people coming through the doors to um being an online platform where mm-hmm. we were just basically planning to provide barriers to our clients and of course day one I logged in on our first IG live and there wasn't just my usual 45 people in class there was like 1,500 people which um intimidating well luckily for me when I'm in the red room at that point we were still able to film in the studio yeah Uh, when I'm in the red room I don't really think about it and I didn't really know how um IG lives work so I kind of just went with it it was only when I looked back and realized that that many people had watched that I think it was day two that was slightly more nerve-wracking because I was aware that that many people were interested in taking Barry's class and yeah and things have kept evolving I mean every day is a different day isn't it it's just changing and you've done so much and you reacted so fast I think way ahead of the other studios like you had your online schedule up like within the first week it was all so slick from the get-go it was great Uh, I love how you (laughs) (laughs) I love how you're describing it as slick. I think it's how um, we describe it as a company that I think Barry's always seems like we're swans at the top. Yeah, yeah. And then underneath. Yeah, the feet are paddling around. Um, It wasn't necessarily slick. It was just both Sandy and I, obviously, Barry's is like, you know, it's everything to us. And we know how important it is to our clients. So we knew when we knew we were going to shut. I think it was both of our first thought was how are we going to get barriers to people tomorrow? Mm. Um, the decision to shut was made <laughs> on the day. Yeah. Uh, it was just an instinct. I, we hadn't been told by the government that we had to shut at that point, but we just had an instinct that we felt it was the responsible thing to do. Um, so that decision was made and we had to cancel classes for the rest of the day. Um, and then literally within probably half an hour of making that decision and getting that news out, yeah. it was the decision that we were going to try and do a live. Now, Sandy and I have never, ever done... <laughs> And I live. I have never done a kind of online workout. Well, that's not not strictly true. Once I did a sweaty Betty thing, but that was many moons ago. So I had no idea um, the logistics of it, how to do it, 
mm. what we needed for it, um, whether it was going to work. And yeah, we just kind of went with the flow with those first lives in the studio. And then again, it was all changed a week later when we couldn't get into the studio to shoot. It was like, okay, now it's just me in my kitchen. Yeah. And we made that decision on the day. So again, I had a few hours to get my head around wow. introducing 1,500 people to my front yeah room, sorry it's my back room it's my kitchen um yeah. and honestly I was slightly nervous because the red room has so much magic in it mm. and people log in expecting to see the red lights and to see barriers and of course they just see me in a stack <laughs> of books <laughs> lights um with my husband filming now he's terrible with cameras he's terrible with any of that stuff so it was um throwing him out of his comfort zone um but people tuned in and they stayed and they keep tuning back in again yeah. They even watched a whole weekend of glitches where Instagram, I think every studio had blurry feeds, but even so people were there. I was like looking at myself and I could barely see my own features, but there's still 1,500 people. Yeah. And there's so many like WhatsApp group communities around it as well. Like it's getting people out of bed in the mornings. It's like, it's super inspiring. So well done. You're doing an amazing oh. job. Keep doing it. Um, but going back to the Red Room, because you're best known as a master trainer at Barry's, but prior to this, walk me through your career journey, because you were in a girl band, is that right? And you were an actress. So yeah, walk, walk me through your career journey to the present day, because I think everyone needs to hear it. Uh, I think I've done every job in the book, to be honest. Like, um, well, where do I start? So I guess as a teenager, I started modeling very, yeah. like 15 or 16, very young. Um, and from then I was at school, so I was modeling on the side. And then what happened next? Then I got um, scouted to be in a girl band, which some people know about now lots more people know about it um and initially that was a very kind of it was just a bit of a hobby didn't expect it to go very far but within months we'd been signed to emi we were like getting geared up to do the eurovision song contest and basically life kind of changed overnight with that so i went from going to school doing my a levels to um basically traveling the world. I didn't know where I was every day. It was just, it was kind of a mad time, um, which was only a couple of years, but when I was living it, it felt, you know, it was everything when you're that age and kind of life is on hold. Um, an amazing experience, which kind of changed the direction of what I was doing. I guess I was geared up to do like sciences at uni. I wanted to do biology or zoology or something animal focused. Yeah. Um, and that changed completely because I realised that I, although singing was not my forte, it was an amazing experience. I realised that singing was definitely not my thing, but I did enjoy that kind of creative performer side, yeah. um, which I had had at school and I'd always been doing plays and stuff, but never seen it as a profession. So I carried on with my education, did my degree and then um, started acting on the side. So I did like some acting courses and then got very lucky because a friend was working at casting agents who got me in for an audition. And then I got my first job off the back of that, which was like a TV show with Sienna Miller, which, yeah, I was very lucky. I mean, I think acting, to be honest, is a lot about luck. Um, yeah. If you talent helps. No, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was just fortunate enough that the first audition I got, uh, I went to, I got, and then I got my agent off the back of that. And then there was a stint of acting, uh, modeling um, and then uh, of course the acting was the burning desire I absolutely loved it um, and it took me to LA which was um, big adventure because I knew nobody there 
and off I went without knowing a soul. Just I had an agent out there, so that was about it to support me. Um, and it kind of became a love affair with LA, which was a backwards and forwards thing between LA and London. And that's where I fell in love with Barry's. So I found Barry's when I was out in LA. Yeah. But God, the LA journey was a whole story in itself and yeah, yeah. many jobs alongside being an actor. You know, I was a chocolate maker. I did <laughs> chocolate making <laughs> workshops. Uh, I worked, you know, at many restaurants as a host. Yeah. Um, God, there's so many things yeah. that I've done. <laughs> In these strange times, when we're all at home, it's so easy to reach for a glass of wine or a G&T. But I've discovered Amplify, the perfect drink to make sure you keep your spirits up. It's free from alcohol, free in spirit, and tastes of vibrant orange citrus. I find it's delicious mixed with Mediterranean tonic and a slice of pink grapefruit. The bottle itself is like an actual artwork with a bright coloured painting on the label. It now sits pride of place in my kitchen. So it's time to swerve the midweek hangovers and make healthier lockdown choices. Check out at Drink Amplify on Instagram for mocktail inspiration or visit drinkamplify.co.uk and grab a bottle from Morrison's or Tesco now. What was it about Barry specifically that drew you in at the time? Was it was it just the kind of the excitement of being in the red room, like how you know how we all feel when we go in there? It just kind of lights you up and is exciting and gets those happy hormones firing. Like what what was it for you? Well, so Barry's was a lucky find for me because um, I lived with a girl who was working the desk at Barry's, and she kept trying to bug me to go to this class and I was like what I've heard of Barry's boot camp it sounds terrifying it's like isn't that the Kardashian thing <laughs> and uh anyway she managed to convince me to go and in those days this was a oh my god it's so long ago I can't even like must have been like 13 years ago or something maybe longer 14 years ago uh Barry's was not red lights and Barry's was not fancy shakes and had none of the frills it was literally just a workout with fun music but an amazing instructor yeah. and for me, it was, all, it was everything you just said about the happy hormones. Like I went in terrified and it was horrific when I was doing it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've never done, I'd never done anything like that. All I'd done was like a spin class or a body pump class. I think that was what the fashion was then. Yeah. We've gone for a run around the block. And, I, you know, I like to be fit, but it was kind of not Barry's fit. It was just exercise. Yeah. And I did this class and I was like, my God, what was that? It was horrible. But now I feel completely invincible. I feel amazing this trainers made me feel like I'm the most special person in the room even though there was you know 40 of us mm. and the the trainer in question was actually the CEO of Barry's it was Joey and oh. I remember him like giving me a high five and being like you were amazing and all I thought to myself was I was absolutely awful <laughs> and I, you know when I think about it now it's like a culture of you know Lululemons and you know cool sports gear in those days I didn't have cool sports gear it was like some you know something neon baggy tracksuit bottoms and trainers and didn't have a clue but of course in California in terms of fitness they've always led the pack really yeah yeah so it's like five years ago something yeah Yeah. trudging around in some baggy tracksuit bottoms and everyone else looking like yeah California ripped um but yeah it was love it was literally love at first squat I kind of use that phrase a lot but um it was but on the next day (laughs) I couldn't walk for two weeks afterwards it was so bad I thought I had to I might have to like go and see somebody because I I physically couldn't walk and for some reason I couldn't get my arms above my shoulders even though it was legs day 
but something had clicked and I was like, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, in those days I had zero income. I was like a struggling out of work actor living in LA and I was traveling. Barry's didn't have showers in those days. So I was traveling to the studio to do the class, traveling back home. I lived in the Hills. Barry's was in WeHo. There was only one studio. So my whole day was centered around doing this class. Yeah. The community of the class, the energy of the room, the results, the feeling like, you know, I was going through a pretty difficult time mm -hmm. being away from family, having no income, panicking about life and when's the next acting job going to fall in my lap. Um, and Barry's was like the one thing that kind of kept me uh, grounded and focused. Mm. I'd come back to London and miss it so much. I'd be in the gym being that mad person cranking the treadmill up on an incline. The whole thing would shake. Yeah. What's this girl doing? She's mad. You know, interval runs, you know, everything was about kind of steady pace runs in those days. And mm. um, people didn't really get it. They'd just look at me like I was crazy. But yeah. it was me trying to kind of recreate some form of Barry's in London. And this went on for a while because I was coming backwards and forwards from LA and London. And then um, then eventually, well, actually, we it was pretty early doors because my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, came to visit. Yeah. Sorry, this is a really long story. No, it's great. It's going to overlap with my relationships question later, but it's absolutely fine. Because that's obviously okay. how you got involved with Barry's UK because you're married to one of the co-founders. Correct? Correct. Yes, I am. So, yeah, I guess we all see each other, see ourselves as co-founders of London. But yeah, so Barry's, um, James, my husband, and his brother Sandy are uh, the owners of Barry's London. Yeah. And they, um, yeah, so the reason that happened, what I guess was, due to me going out to LA and yeah. uh, James came to visit. My initial intention was that he was going to set up a tennis thing in LA and live with me out there because mm. that's what he did in London. Um, and I took him to his first Barry's class and he had exactly the same response as I did. Yeah. So you were the catalyst really for Barry's London because <laughs> if he hadn't have gone with you, you wouldn't have got the idea to launch it in the UK or? Yeah. Well, a whole load of, a whole load of, things in terms of Barry's I mean he didn't know anyone at Barry's and so I initially my conversation with the, the owners of, of Barry's in those days it was Rachel Mumford and John Mumford who are the original founders of the whole thing yeah. and Barry himself yeah. um, was with Rachel at the front desk about James potentially teaching her and her husband tennis and that was kind of my in because initially I wanted him to be a tennis coach I was like if I can get yeah. him some clients and he'll stay with me out here yeah. And then it flipped and we were like, well, actually, you know what, this, you know, we're really, we are really interested in looking at taking Barry's London. Certainly my husband, he's looking for a new business, not my husband, he's my boyfriend. Yes. He's looking for this new business, um, any new business venture. And she was like, oh my God, that's amazing. So exciting. You know, we love to have people who feel like they're part of the family. Yes. And it was just a really like lighthearted conversation at the front desk, swap numbers. And then we just didn't hear from her. Yeah. nothing the whole time he was there probably it must have been about six weeks nothing mm. the last night that he was there he was flying back so we had our it was our big goodbye dinner yeah um, where i was staying on he was going home and on our way to the dinner the phone rings how weird wow. like fortune fate whatever it is and the phone yeah. ring it was her and she's like oh i'm at soho house um in west hollywood any chance that you can come and meet us at so her house and for some reason I felt like James should go on his own it was ridiculous when I think back on it now because obviously now we just do everything together but I thought you yeah. know make it seem really formal and serious he should go on his own and have this meeting yeah. so I sat downstairs in this cocktail bar I you know 
being in a bar at that time of night yeah. in Wingo, I did look <laughs> slightly dubious. But he had this whole meeting, came downstairs and was like, I think it went really well. I feel like they really liked me. I have no idea where this is going to go. Mm. And anyway, that was kind of the start of something. And him, James and Sandy stayed in London and found space and did all that kind of, all the business stuff. Yeah. Um, and I stayed out in LA and did all my training as an instructor and worked the desk and kind of learned the ropes out in LA to yeah. start my Barry's journey teaching in the WeHo studio. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then obviously eventually London opened. Yeah, so. and fast forward to now, you've got, how is it, five studios you've got now? Yeah, more. Got, got six because you've got they keep opening. There's a new one in St Paul's, isn't there? That just opened. Yeah, yeah. St Paul Central East SW1 um, West uh, Manchester. Of course, Manchester. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna probably Central. Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Central is the the home studio, isn't it? In Houston. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I yeah. love. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, what is the most rewarding thing you find about about kind of building that kind of that that iconic brand in London, like seeing it grow from one studio to to that many? Like, is it the people that keep coming back, the same faces over and over, like the energy? Yeah, it's um, it is the people. So I think our original mission when we opened barriers was was it to feel like it did in LA which for me was all about community yeah. and I remember opening the doors for our first ever class at Central and literally couldn't believe there were real life people coming down the stairs to do a class um, that was the magic moment and it never ever ceases to amaze me where every time we open a new studio I'm just so grateful for the people yeah. and the people that come back and the community and what's been incredible about lockdown it feels like our community's gone from you know a space where people can meet to just it's kind of opened out to the whole world so i'm feeling that barry's community feeling on such a huge scale mm. such a huge scale like people in moscow people in you know america people all over spain i've been able to connect with friends who are in australia who are doing the classes and whether it's a chat on a on a feed or you know, normally it varies in an actual location. It's mm. the community after a class, like sitting at the fuel bar. Yeah. Me, my 820, I see the same faces every morning. I walk down the stairs and it's that feeling of seeing the desk, seeing my clients. Mm. Um, and then Sandy's clients, we have that crossover of mm. my clients leave, Sandy's clients arrive, and I know them all so well. Like they've been through my life journey with me. They've seen my child be born, they've met my dog, they know a lot about my family they've been through some of the hardest times in my life um so that's everything barry's is and you know all of us the studios get bigger and of course i can't be everywhere so it is a different feeling as we get bigger but you realize there's communities in every studio so i might not be there but they might have alex castro for instance he's like the face of east and he has his people in the yeah. same way that I have my people at Central. And that's what's so amazing about Barry's. And it's yeah. like a unifying, a unifying passion. Yeah. And the amount of times you have people who don't know each other and they start to talk about Barry's. And it, I mean, honestly, Barry's can, can monopolise a whole conversation, dinner party. Um, yeah. Before you know it, everyone's just talking about Barry's. And I don't know whether that's down to us or the workout or or the p i think it's got to be the community the amazing community it's that because yeah, i guess that that workout feeling like you described the endorphins like you come out you feel like a superhero don't you You feel exhausted but like so high on life it's like if 
you could just bottle it and keep it on you at all times. It's just the best feeling. And then you combine that with the social thing. It's very powerful stuff. It kind of gets all the, all the hormones firing at once. I think that's what's so magical about it for me anyway. For me. Yeah, and humans crave company as well. And I think that, you know, this is the scary thing about a lockdown scenario, the way that our lives are going to change, I guess, for the immediate future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see my child and I see my you know, nieces and nephews and everything's becoming so remote anyway, like talking through phones. And it does kind of scare me because I think it's such an important thing. And I think that's the part of the magic of why Barry's has done so well and why group fitness has done so well um, yeah. since we opened in 2013, because people crave that company and people find need to find a way to get that company for their mental health. Yeah. So there's been so many times at Barry's where someone has come and they've been terrified. It's their first class and they step in the doors and they might have just moved to London and then they find a group of friends by coming to fitness class or they become accountable and have someone who's calling them out if they're not there on WhatsApp or for instance, your group of friends who are all meeting up every morning and doing an online class. I I guess that's the new way of connecting in lockdown. Um, It isn't so physical. It's more, um, remote but still you're getting that face-to-face yeah. like people are staying on and having like the brunch chat afterwards sharing recipes having a coffee like it's awesome it's brilliant. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you know what? that is so lovely that makes me I can't even tell you like I could almost cry about how happy it makes me and like when I you know it's not just your group I'm seeing all these like there's an 820 club and they don't all know each other they found each other through doing this online class and now they're friends yeah it's it really is amazing yeah. so you're in charge of hiring all the talent at Barry's as well aren't you you play yeah. Yeah. so what what do you kind of look for in a in an instructor like is there obviously they've got to like have that energy and charisma but like do they is there a little, little magical formula that you look for in a trainer is it is it quite hard to find them yes the trainers are everything at Barry's yeah yes when I say is it hard to find them yes it is hard to find them um the best trainers are normally like diamonds in the rough and you'd see them initially and think there's no way um, that they're ever going to get on a microphone and be able to handle the whole space. Um, the Yeah, so where do I find them? That's a good question. Initially, training was very limited. It didn't really exist. <laughs> so when I think back to how we all started, we were fortunate enough that we had a small studio with not that many clients so we could learn on the job. Yeah. Now our trainers go through such a rigorous process to get them to the right place because our clients, they, they kind of make the decisions for us and they expect this really high standard. And it's scary. If you're a new instructor, you get eaten alive by the clients. It's got nothing to do with me, really. At the end of the day, the clients choose who's going to be successful yeah. uh, in the Barry studio. Uh, so I try as hard as I can to get anyone who wants to be a Barry's trainer to be as good as they can be. So I really don't put people on the schedule until I think they're as good as I am or Sandy is or, you know, as close to that yeah. as possible so the process can sometimes be a very long one um and I'll never ever put anyone in the red room until I feel like they can hold the room yeah properly so for from the trainer's side they have to commit a lot of time and a lot of a lot of hard work emotional hard work and um and physical hard work to get there mm-hmm. um we always it's a bit like the x factor because you there's no I, cu- I couldn't give you the magic ingredients it's like I see something and I feel it and I guess I know what Barry's is. So someone could teach a fantastic class 
Mm. Something about them isn't Barry's. And it's really hard because I'm like, you're doing all the right things, making all the right noises and ticking all the boxes, but you're just not Barry's. Yeah. Which is very hard. It's not like a job interview where you look at someone's CV and you go, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. It's the essence of the brand. Mm-hmm. So luckily for me, I've got an amazing master trainer team who um, have been much more involved recently. So they come and they take, take class and they give their opinions. So sometimes if I'm wavering or if I get really attached to people, I end up getting sometimes my emotions override my judgment and I'll give people a chance. I'll know deep down that they're not going to work. And always yeah. <laughs> when I know that and I, I go get emotional and then I allow them in to the, into kind of the fold very, very quickly, that falls flat. Um, so luckily for me, now the master training team are involved. They can come in with a bit more of an impartial opinion. Yeah. Um, but anyone who even goes into training, so they, they, they have to go through like a kind of mic test scenario, which is very much like the X Factor. It's like a few minutes and like to just showcase a bit of a class um and from that I can pretty much within seconds tell who I think could be right and then obviously with the duration of training very very quickly you kind of get an idea of who's going to be a superstar yeah um, and who's not going to make the cut really and are these camps like these are, are they running all the time in the background these kind of wait ways you're like well you know like <laughs> Like you say it's like X Factor, like because you never kind of see it in the studio. Do you do you have like special times where people come and audition as a group or as an individual? So it's changed over the years, but it, it has become an ever evolved, like much more regular because our studio has been opening more frequently. Yeah, yeah. Um, the good thing about Barry's is that our trainers just love working for us, so there's very little turnaround. It's normally with growth that we decide that we're going to bring new people in but I'm always on the lookout I don't like to think oh a new studio is opening I'm going to recruit new trainers I'm always looking to kind of be training yeah. um, sadly I was about to start a training program and in fact we did one day and then decided lockdown we were going to close studios um, so they're all waiting to go and messaging me um, but yeah so it's kind of ongoing the whole time in terms of mic tests I'm very last minute. I'm so like, you know what? I feel like I need a mic test. And then all the people that have emailed me, I'll just go through swathes of emails and just call anyone I think who might be right to come in for my test. So sometimes it can be quite huge groups of people. That's why it's such a short amount of time. And are a lot of them like ex-performers or actresses, actors? Um, so a lot of, I mean, I guess a bit like me, for me, I love teaching Barry's because I get that same buzz I did when I was acting. It's that same feeling of, getting on stage every morning at 8 20 when I put the mic on it's that feet that butterfly feeling like you just don't know what's going to happen like I can't control 45 people and all the things that might happen within that class mm-hmm. so it's quite an exciting feeling um and that feels like acting to me so we do have a lot of performers who well they they normally come to Barry's because we have so many performers who come to Barry's or they work the desk at Barry's and they love it and yeah, they make great instructors if they've got all the knowledge and everything else to back it up. Um, but yeah, not everyone's a performer. There's loads of people who are trainers uh, who've got... Like lawyers and bankers and things, haven't you, before? Yeah, I mean, oh my God, we had Nicole. I have to give her a shout out. She's absolutely extraordinary. So she's, I can't remember what her exact job role was, like um, Ogilvy. Yeah. PR marketing. Yeah. And she's like top of, top of her, of the game. Yeah. Um, with a full-time job, managing loads of people, but just loves Barry so much. So she was coming in in the mornings to do her 6am, 7 10 go hero. to work. 
And so then, it's like her side like hustle. hustle. Yeah. And now she's like just been, I think she's working for Nike now. She's just been given their um, chief marketing officer or something like that. So I don't, don't quote me on the exact job title, but she's unreal. You do hear of more people doing this. Like they have these incredible VP level jobs and then they're kind of doing these, you know, teaching classes on the side just to get their thrill. Cause it's this other side of their personality that they want to let loose, I guess. I get so many messages from people and, um, you know, saying, can I do Barry's part-time? And I'm really reticent. I, w- I tend to say, you know what, it's not really a part-time thing only because the training is so rigorous. Yeah. So to do training and then it doesn't really work. I think Nicole was an exception because she worked in Boston and we've also got Ali. She's also amazing. She's a vet. And does Barry's on the side. So these amazing people who just love Barry's. And I think the crux of it is, you have to love Barry's. Yeah. It doesn't work if you, if you don't love it, like, like to the bottom of your heart, like it's got to be in your bones. Yeah. And I always say about a successful trainer at Barry's, you cut them, they bleed Barry's. They are the brand. They're not diluted everywhere else. And they're not, you know, chasing an Instagram fame or, you know, they might be lots of people want to be big on Instagram these days, but it's more about just actually genuinely being in love with the workout and the people and the family. Yes. And if there's any other kind of goal with it, it doesn't really work. Yeah, no, I see that. This brings us nicely onto relationships, actually, because, I mean, for you, it very much is a family affair, isn't it? It really is. I mean, like you said, you mentioned earlier, you're, you're married to James now. Like, you've got your son, you've got your, your, your dog, Crusoe. Like, all everybody's so involved in the brand. It's like you live it and breathe it and sleep it, right? It's your everything. Our family is Barry's basically. So I work, it's not just me and so James and Sandy are obviously brothers. And yeah. then I'm married to James and then Erica, I have to give Erica a huge shout out because she's married to Sandy and she's done pretty much everything at Barry's. She's <laughs> was our marketing. She keeps yeah. trying to leave and we're like, you're not leaving. You're so important. Yeah. And everything about our lives is Barry. So we talk about it nonstop. We've, the only person who's not interested in Barry's is James's third brother, but we've actually got him to do his first class. Oh, wow. In a scenario, he's been doing, secretly upstairs, been doing Sandy's Lives, which is a massive milestone. Trying something new can change how you feel about yourself. Now you can get that feeling with ClassPass, the app that connects you to the best fitness experiences wherever you are. Keep your body flexing and your mind feeling good at home with unlimited access to thousands of free video and audio workouts with some of the world's best trainers. To get them, just create a free ClassPass account now. So the marriage actually was a very last minute decision. Yeah. When I did the face gym shoot with you, I had no idea I was pregnant. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, because you, yeah, I remember at the time you were like, oh, yeah, it's really funny. I don't, you, but you had no idea at all. And you, you thought you looked fat and you looked so skinny. And I was like, what are you on about? But then you were like, oh my God, I was pregnant. You were like quite far, were you like 10 weeks or something? You were no, well, so Finn was a very surprised pregnancy um, for someone who's meant to know their body really well. Yeah. I, um, well, I had your, the face gym shoot and then I went out to LA and I was doing their whole campaign, like global campaign for their studio, Hollywood studio. And I remember going out there and thinking, God, I'm really like feeling insecure. I feel really emotional. I just want to come home. This is not like me. These are my, this is, these are my people. This is my comfort zone. Why do I feel so difficult and awkward about the whole scenario, getting into sports kit and everything else. Anyway, it turned out I was pregnant. 
Oh. I didn't find out I was pregnant till I was like 18 weeks pregnant. Oh my God. I went trapezing. I was riding horses. What else did I do? <laughs> I was sprinting 12.5 on crazy inclines, oh. trying to race people. I mean, I ran 10K in my fastest time. Like oh, yeah. I had not a clue. Um, so yeah, Finn gave me a bit of a surprise. Yeah. That is amazing that you didn't know that. I hear stories of people who don't know right up until the moment they give birth. I mean, they're kind of weird stories. You don't know if they're true or not. But like, I don't know, for, for me, it was certainly the other way around. Like I kind of, I even knew before I missed period, I think. I just felt off. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Um, I think, do you know what? Now when I think back, we'd opened a new studio. So I was extremely tired. But yeah. in my mind, because we were so focused on that, I, I assumed that um, it was just extra tiredness from opening studio. And yeah. I'd, um, I had quite irregular periods, I think, from just being so active. Yeah. So it wasn't, I, I wasn't really tracking them, didn't really think about it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got a big surprise when I got, I got told by our first scan and it wasn't just a little tiny little thing. It was like, it was like a boy. <laughs> I mean, but then you knew it was this sex and everything because it's 20 weeks, right? We didn't say, so, yeah, two weeks later, we knew. Yeah. But we didn't know because I found out when he was born. Sorry, we didn't know. Oh, but we could have been. That's yeah. good. I really like, yeah, I have an admiration for people that can, that can hold off without revealing the sex. I just, I have to know. It's like one of those things. Um, but yeah, how has Finn changed your life? I mean, like, obviously it's, it's quite challenging being a mum and then with your hectic schedule on top, like how, how did you manage it in those early days? Um, I'm not gonna lie. That's been the, str- the biggest struggle, I think for a lot of women having, yeah a child literally changes everything. And I thought, I had no idea. So when I remember going to the breastfeeding uh, clinic with, you know, before you have a baby, obviously yeah. you do all those classes. And I, um, I turned to her and I said, oh, but what happens when I need to go to work? Yeah. Like what happens? She, said, she was like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. The first six weeks you are not going to work. And I was like, well, yeah, I am. I'm going to go and do my 820. <laughs> so I know my day. Yeah. Of course I'm going to go and teach my 820 class. She was like, no you're definitely not going to leave your baby. And I had no idea what was about to happen because I ended up having a, the best pregnancy, yeah, um, no complications. And then at the final last month, I ended up pretty much being hospital bound twice and then got barred from doing any exercise, which mentally for me was a real shock to the system. I got pulled off all my classes at Barry's. Yeah. So the front end of having Finn before I'd even had him, I was kind of like, what's going on? I can't exercise. I can't walk Crusoe. My yeah. whole life changed overnight. Um, and it was a bit of a precursor to obviously what happens. You have a baby and it's such an amazing, wonderful, beautiful thing. But on the flip side of it, your whole identity just vanishes. Yeah. And in that moment, you can't see ahead. You just think that's it. I'm, I'm never going to be myself again. So every pregnant woman who comes into Paris, I just, I, I literally have quite a firm word with them. I'm like, I wish someone could have really, really spoken to me firmly and told me that this isn't forever. Yeah. But really, the first 12 weeks longer, like six months. Does it matter if you're just sitting on your sofa, sleeping when you can, watching Netflix, breastfeeding yeah. your baby, eating, sleeping? No, because six months later, nine months later, 12 months later, 18 months later, whenever it is, yeah. you will be back to yourself. Mm-hmm. I say yourself there's you know you are changed because <laughs> there's a little have a child and there's someone who needs you more than you need yourself but but you do get back to that place like I never ever thought I'd be running again I ended up having a c-section which again for someone who's very active mm. mentally I really struggled to get my head around the fact I couldn't 
walk and I couldn't run and I tried to push myself too quickly yeah. and doing some online thing which was just when I think back on it I think I'd gone a bit mad yeah. trying to do some abs then set myself way back yeah you gotta be so careful haven't you with the diastasis stuff you've got it like because you get that split in the middle don't you if you if you rush yeah, too so, fast. Well, especially if you've had a c-section I mean I, I see a lot of women actually who come back to barriers too quickly mm. or come, go back to exercise too quickly and I know what that feels like because it's all this, it's all your head thinking. Like you said, you lose your identity and all of that stuff, yeah. You just want to get back. But honestly, it's better to just take it really slowly, build yourself up, back up properly, especially if you've had a C-section or any complications in your pregnancy, like just let your body heal. And then you'll be sprinting again much quicker than if you set yourself back and you end up with separation or any of those other issues. Those things can last throughout the rest of your life. Yeah. And back for the rest of your life so let yourself heal yeah how how has he changed your life now how is how old is uh, finn now if you don't mind me asking so finn's four um yeah, quickly he, yeah it, it really does it flies <laughs> it does he's going to school in september oh gosh wow yeah. so he has changed my life like nothing else i mean it's weird because i actually feel like barry's has got so much bigger mm having a child I feel like you, you know I'm sure most mum working mums feel the same it's like you live, really are trying to do it all yeah. um but I guess it's just the prioritizing time mm. all my time is Finn and you know in the old days I had before Finn I had loads of time to exercise and get my happy fix and go for walks with Crusoe and do all the things that were for me now everything is centered around him so all the spare time that's not work related um is taking finn swimming or taking finn well used to be finn swimming finn football finn you know going to the nursery get-togethers and all surrounding him um which i love because you know what i i need a balance i'm that person that needs work but i also need family time and i'm not happy if i have one and i'm not happy if i have the other i need them both Mm -hmm. um lockdown has been another challenge in itself and i'm sure he's with you all the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone feeling it um you know you're suddenly you're all in a house and you're you I mean he's bored to tears of me at the moment he's just desperate to be having external stimulus and friends and all the other things yeah. but of course he doesn't get it he he wants something I'm in the middle of jumping around the kitchen he's not going to wait until I'm finished if he needs water, he wants water. If he wants another episode of his dinosaur program that I'm like thanking the Lord for yeah. at the moment, because it's the morning thing now, so I can do my class. Um, you know, he doesn't wait around. He wants it there and then. I'm waiting for the moment where he comes running in and is like, I need enough too. And it hasn't happened yet. Happen <laughs> <soon. laughs> Does it make you quite grateful for, for having Crusoe as well? Because I mean, Crusoe's been with you a while and like, it must be quite nice to just sneak off of walks together and when you know maybe James can have Finn for a little bit like do, do you really like have sacred time with him that you really treasure Crusoe is so in normal life Crusoe is my happy time um the main at Barry's we've been we've done a lot of mental health work and so a whole load of our trainers did a mental health course yeah. and she said in this mental health course she was like the most important thing is to look after your own Mm -hmm. And you all have a happy hour a day. So do something that's completely for you. Yeah. And for me, straight away, it, my thought was, my happy hour is taking Crusoe out. Yeah. It's just me and him. My head can go wherever it wants to go. And he's just amazing. Um, 
actually in lockdown, it's been hard because his walks are no longer my time. It's now our family time, yeah. which is also wonderful. Yeah. Uh, what we now do with Crusoe's walk, it has become like a family exercise, hour of exercise. <laughs> We're now playing football. <laughs> <laughs> That's to keep my husband happy. I hate football. <laughs> Oh, to see it ticking off every box that everybody's happy yeah. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but Crusoe is everything. Oh, my God, like, I've got a cat as well. Like, animals, for me, are just, they're so good. They're, they're brilliant, calming influences. I don't think I would be healthy or happy or positive without my animals around. It would just yeah. be awful. Well, they've done all these studies, haven't they, that they, like, lower your blood pressure by, like, 10 to 15% and get your oxytocin going, which is the same hormone you, you produce when you're bonding with your child. Like, they're, they're very important to our happiness. So, yeah, and no, I'm totally in the same camp as you. I've got a, a spaniel that I got before my do- my before I had my baby, and now I just treasure that time. I don't know what Crusoe's like, but since I've had um, had Heidi, like, she's kind of aged a little bit. Like, she's kind of, like, less of a baby, and she's kind of a little more of a lady. <laughs> and she kind of, like, gets quite grumpy. <laughs> Last night I mentioned it because I said, I, was, I looked at Crusoe and I thought, God, you suddenly got this wise look in your eye. You've had to grow up yeah there's a small person and he loves the pack feeling he loves that but um it is hard i mean how old's your how old's heidi heidi's uh just 10 one and chili's four in december so she's yeah. yeah but she was very much like our first baby so it's very hard to adapt but i think yeah. as they're a bit older like now i think can throw balls and is yeah. a bit more interactive so chris is like you're interesting now. yeah heidi's at that grabby face which just pulls her ears and she's like no <laughs> but they're, they're okay they're like feeling each other out you mentioned before that you you are on a plant-based diet is that still true is that have you always been so i've never been oh actually that's a lie so i've been a vegetarian or pescatarian since i was nine yeah and that's um not health related i was obsessed with animals as you can tell me waxing lyrical about yeah crusoe and boris um and i just decided i didn't want to eat animals um so my poor mum in those days had no idea about vegetarianism and she just kind of battled through I I had the most unhealthy diet as a child because she just didn't know what to feed me um but it stuck and I you know what took me three goes I remember really clearly when I was nine three attempts at being vegetarian or you know stopping eating meat and I broke first time was on sausage rolls salami and bacon so obviously it's like (laughs) (laughs) you love the taste of poor piggies um but I managed to do it and then it was then it was just how I was I didn't eat meat yeah but I got into my teens and I used to get really bad ulcers and like colds and really run down Mm. Um, so I started introducing fish back into my diet and honestly I wish I could eliminate fish too but I my body clearly just doesn't function very well without just solely plant-based yeah maybe I'm just eating the wrong things I'm not a hugely great chef or cook and you know we eat very very healthily in our house but maybe with a bit of nutritional advice someone could guide me the right way but you know like with a small child work everything else and you know I exercise pretty intensely um you know I'm not unaware that Barry's is is can be quite full-on if you push it to you know advanced levels on the treadmill and everything else whatever weights you're lifting so I think my body cra- really craves the protein from, yeah. from fish. Like I, I know when I need to kind of get that protein fixed. But, um, you know, my husband eat me, eats meat, Finn eats meat. They have their own thing going on. 
Did you uh, get cravings when you were pregnant at all to eat meat? No, not at all. Really? That's interesting. As a result, so Finn's really, his taste veers towards fish and towards vegetarian food. Yeah. He's not a big, huge meat eater, but I think that must be from my influence. Yeah. And what but about, yeah. Um, so when, when, you know, when you want to wind down at the end of the day, like how do you de-stress? Do you, do you have like any self-care rituals that you put in place? Like do you, do you, when you have time, <laughs> being a very busy lady. Well, you sent over your question list and I looked at the self-care one and thought, oh my God. God, I know, I know. It's I'm the worst for self-care. Yeah. So I've been trying to do... And I say, when I say trying, I've done this like twice. The car map. Yeah. Which, um, my husband does headspace. He loves it. So I'm useless at meditating. For me, running is my like, yeah, my head somewhere else. The car map was nice, but I can't rely on the fact that I'm going to even have 10 minutes without an interruption. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a hot bath. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in all honesty, I've been, you know, Barry's I do it in the morning and it makes me feel so amazing and you know even if I wake up in the morning I think god we're still in lockdown it's raining uh wow the nerves of all these people tuning in is it going to go the way I want it to go as soon as I start I'm like ah this is amazing I mean you can probably tell from my (laughs) my, um, (laughs) delivery and my excitement as I'm holding a lunge and pulsing but I'm genuinely loving it so that for me is I guess I feel like Barry's in my self-care yeah I had nothing else to keep me happy, I would seek out berries to make me happy. Um, and then sleep-wise, I'm sleeping terribly at the moment because I think just there's so much ticking through my head. Yeah. Um, and a bath is the only way that kind of remotely helps me to switch off. Do you ever like take anything to help you sleep or like in, in, like any holistic therapy? No, nothing like that. And any sprays, deep, deep sleep sprays? No, I tried a uh, diffuser with lavender. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, I don't know. For me, I'm I'm quite good at sleeping. It's just like yeah. But if I get into a zone where I'm like really revved up, like on my laptop too late at night or something, it's just really hard to switch off. Also, I think it's a mum thing, isn't it? As soon as you're a mum, like last night, Finn woke up and was talking in his sleep, oh. and I'm straight away. I think you never sleep in the same way. You're always on this like heightened, waiting to be called. Yeah. Sleep. So, and you're you're right about the technology. Like my life has now become so instagram focused which it wasn't before i was able to leave my phone yeah just have a bit of headspace whereas there's an immediacy with instagram or the life we're all in at the moment which is you know whatsapp or whatever else people assume they're going to get a response straight away Mm. i find it very hard to leave it and not get back to it so i've been trying to kind of dedicate portions of my day I mean, I, on top of all the teacher training and everything else, I'm also in charge of our Instagram account. Yeah. Barry's Instagram, not my own. My own has also changed. Yeah. It's been amazing with all these new followers and the incredible, incredible messages have been unbelievable. Like, yeah, I've seen like, all those ones you've been sharing. Yeah. It's incredible, yeah. Just just constant love. and Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. But then the other side, Barry, there's so much. If you, our followers have like doubled in the space of six weeks. Yeah. So that's completely changed. So, yeah, you're right. I go to bed and my head's full of that. And sometimes I stupidly look just before I go to bed. And just like you, I'm then like heads racing. The amount of sleepless nights I've had on Instagram because everything's changing every five seconds. Yeah. Tech glitches, uh, not being able to save things in various places. um, And and it's all learning. 
everyone's mm-hmm. learning on the job really because it's all changing every minute well you're doing a very good job from where we're sitting oh. so cool <laughs> so obviously we, we can train with you during lockdown on your 820 instagram pass but just yeah. back in the real world you're at uh houston is it on a at 820 on a wednesday remind us of the time so that everybody can come i'm there us. monday to friday yeah um at 820 and that's at central yeah so that's regular everyday class and then um 12 o'clock sorry i'm lying right now it's not 12 o'clock it's one o'clock at sw1 yeah and then i do the 8:45 and 10 a.m at west on a saturday morning Nice. nice. Well, I can't wait to be back in the red room with you, Anya. Yeah, I can't wait to be back. Yeah, thanks for being such a great guest on the Data Podcast. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.